Welcome to episode 189 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. I'm Ty, and you can find me arguing the specificities of NHL rules after a single professional hockey game played by a Seattle team on Twitter, at SEATJK. And with me tonight, as usual, is Chris. Where can we find you betraying your city in favor of your parents' adopted hometown, Chris? <laughs> you can find me at C.D. Villasenor rooting for the Vegas Golden Knights. Golden Knights is such a terrible name. <laughs> I'm all about Knights. It's like my favorite football. I'm, I'm like I'm backing Army. They're my team because they don't throw the football, so I love them. I like watch. Like they're the they're the most fun team to watch on television. So I <laughs> and like, I'm a, and I'm a Golden Knights fan. So I'm but Black okay, Knights so I like the name Vegas Knights. Like that sure. makes sense to me, right? That's mm-hmm. that's clever. But right. Golden Knights is about urine. <laughs> 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 I, I'm not a huge fan of the jersey. I actually like the negative space V. I think the, the logo is clever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like the gold in the jersey. I feel like Vegas, you had so many options. I don't know. Maybe they just didn't want to be. They felt like knights needed to be silver and black and they couldn't be the kings. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it was. it's, you know what I mean? It's, it's. You're fine with long, it? Yeah, I'm fine with it. it it's right. a long, my hockey fandom's a long, sordid and horrible story that no one wants to hear. So, All right. but I'm sticking with them. All right. Well. I guess fuck you then. <laughs> <laughs> this friendship is over. <laughs> All right. Well, after a week off due to a bout with rhinovirus, which, by the way, if the vir- if the rhino the rhinovirus can come home from school, seemingly any virus could come home from school. Was it, it's con- was, it's concerning. Was, was your child close to a rhino at any point? <laughs> yes. Petting zoo. <laughs> really advanced petting zoo. <laughs> Anyway, we're back with a great show for you this week. In segment one, it's been years since we've been to the theater. And while we're not sure we miss it, we are going to revisit the moments when everyone got excited together. But not like in an eyes wide shut kind of way. (laughs) In segment two, we're going to talk once again about the value of education and the theory that C students are more successful at life. And finally, in segment three, we're going to break down a theory I hold regarding relative wealth and why that relates to why life can't be simpler. Beyond the buzzer, it's back to the stupidest things ever said, before we head to the OT for a quick look ahead to Halloween strategy. Interact with the show on Twitter at 2on3pod, or hit us up via email at at 2on3pod.com. You know how much we love to hear from you. But before we get to that, were you ever a Boy Scout, Chris? I was a Cub Scout, um, and then did not not go on to Weebelows. No? No. I was, uh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't, I didn't get a lot of support in scouting. Like, my mm. folks didn't really care. So, like, you know what I mean? It's like I put on the uniform, I'd go to the thing, and then I'd come home, and no one cared. No one gave a shit. So, like, as I just, you know, after it was over, I was like, yeah, I'm done. I got my, yeah. I got my, my bear badge or bobcat badge, you know, all those things. And then mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I'm done. I'll finish. Yeah, I remember, like, having a bunch of friends on the baseball team that were Boy Scouts, Cub Scouts. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you should come. And I'm like, sure, I'll come check it out. And it, 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 I don't know, man. It's, it, I'm not I'm not a joiner. <laughs> I like sports teams because I like sports. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. And I like it when the team gets along, right? But, like, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It was like church. Yeah, it, it, exactly. It I mean, it's a, it's a discipline. It's a community. And, you're, my, you know, both of my nephews are Eagle Scouts. So I don't want to be um, told what to do. <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's 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 not for everybody it wasn't for me it was and no one cared so 
But I did make a hell of a Pinewood Derby car. I was I my engineer my like a my little engineering mind did pretty well with that. But that does seem like the only thing that was worthwhile. <laughs> that was the only part of Cub Scouts that and I And also not tying. Can you tie knots, Chris? Yes, yeah, because I because when I when I uh, in the late nineties I was I I did a, a bit of sailing and mm. studied sailing, so I had to learn a bunch of Of course knots. you did. Yeah. Yeah. At the tennis club. <laughs> no, when I was here, everyone there, there are boats around, and I thought it would be fun to sail, so I learned to sail. And that was, I can't uh, relate to the idea that it would be fun to learn to sail. It, it is fun. I, I it's a, again, it's a lifestyle. I was, I'm not going to buy a boat and like what, all that stuff. But it, but it, it was fun to be out on the on the water for a summer learning to sail. I liked it. I didn't say I don't like boating. Yeah, I said I can't just I can't even fathom. I need to learn to sail. I'm going to go do that. <laughs> I don't know. It's fun. Okay. It doesn't look fun. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a different kind of fun. I don't know. It seems like work. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I bring all of this up because I can't tie knots for shit, and it's like this gaping hole in my manhood. Mm. And uh, I was putting up Halloween decorations for the last couple of weeks, and you know a lot of the the stuff that you get these days is the the inflatables. Sure. And, and you got to tie them shits down because otherwise they're gonna fly away. Right. So I finally, I, I successfully learned to tie a few knots with the help of the internet. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's great. You need to know at least a few. Well, and I'm a visual learner and now the internet has GIFs. Whereas like I look at a knot tying book and I'm like, what is this code? <laughs> <laughs> it's just the rope and it has an arrow that just kind of goes around and around. I ne- oh my God. I, I couldn't <laughs> figure it out. Like I swear to God when I was in like Alaska. My very outdoorsy stepfather probably just hated it that, you know, I couldn't tie knots and couldn't, and couldn't be bothered to learn. But I feel more like a man now, Chris. Right. I can tie down inflatable decorations. The rabbit comes out of its hole. It goes around the tree. It goes back down its hole. I don't think about it that way, man. <laughs> it's very easy. I don't think about. I don't. I, I can't get yeah. with the metaphor. You just got to show me the science. You just have to. You have to learn two knots. You have to learn the knot. Any any knot where you have both ends of the ends of the rope or the string or whatever. You have to have that. You have to have that. That you have to have that a knot. Any knot will do in that case. Mm-hmm. But there's only one knot that will work when you only have one end of the rope. Right. And that is the rabbit goes comes out of its hole, goes around the tree, and comes back down through. Our favorite band, Slipknot. Slip knot. It's not a slip knot. It's uh, I forget the exact name of the, the the knot, but I know it that way. It's the right, but if you only have one end of the rope and you have to tie a knot, that's the knot you have to tie. You can tie a slip knot as long as you're not gonna can, like. No, it'll never come out. You'll never be able to get. You'll never be able to untie it ever yet. I was. I'm doing it outside right now. It's a sailing knot. They're adjustable. We'll we'll uh, we'll come back to it at some point. Anyway, my point is, I can tie down your loose loads. <laughs> <laughs> you, listen, you don't want my load to get loose. Nobody does. Let's go to segment number one. So I posted recently that the part um, of Endgame where Cap wields Mjolnir for the first time is maybe my ultimate movie markout moment. Not that mm. I think that's an original take, but I, I just, no. you know, I'm, I'm just talking about myself on the internet. <laughs> and, and that I think that the, the MCU means more to me than Star Wars. So I wanted to talk to you about moments, you know, in movies that, that make us cheer. Um, I, I, I couldn't come up with very many of my own. And I, I don't know if it's because 
I'm just a completely a prisoner of the moment and I don't have a memory for like the emotions that movies made me feel or I, you know, I don't rewatch old stuff anymore the way I used to, right? Like back in the mm-hmm. day when you didn't have new content available to you every day at all times, you would rewatch things and I just don't really do that much anymore. Yeah, and and when I was when I was when I was thinking about this, they're just like there are moments where you either cheer or get emotional mm-hmm. i was trying to figure out i mean i think you wanted the positive the positive yay oh, I, I, i'm i'm open to any sort of indelible memory that you'd like to share that you think is worthy of because i mean this also yeah. ties back to the fact that we haven't been in the theater and like is the group experience part of it valuable to you or does it matter to you at all i i'm gonna tell you that i went to the theater like good for you <laughs> a week and a half ago i took the kids to see okay. shang chi Okay. In the Legend of the Ten Rings. I see, at this point, I'm just it's it's going to be free in like 20 days. I'm I know, gonna... but but you know, my daughter was itching to get out, mm-hmm. and my son was like itching to get out. My wife wanted us out, <laughs> so I said, <laughs> I said we're going to go to the movies. And you know, you look at you know what's nice about the movies these days, of course, when you when you uh, when you look to buy tickets, you can see how full the theater is. Right. And if it's not very full, it's like why not go to the theater? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for a long time, I think that even when I go back, I will only see movies that have been out for like five weeks or yeah. more. Yeah, this is I'm I'm sort of struggling with the sort of the James Bond thing right now because I really want to see it, but it's still relatively new. And yeah, I think see, still be- luckily for me, I don't give a shit. So it's <laughs> <laughs> so you're lucky in that way. Yeah, but um, yeah, so I'm thinking about going this weekend to the theater. But you know, I, it's it's. It's a nice experience still. And, you know, you're not as close to people as you used to be, but it doesn't I mean you're all breathing the same air. It's fine. I don't know. <laughs> I, well, I went, I went to the theater two weeks ago and I'm not sick. So, hey, we'll keep rolling the dice. Well, that's not why I was talking to you about this. I'm glad you got to go back to the theater. It was nice. But did you, I'm sure that seeing Shang-Chi this late, there wasn't any sort of crowd revelation moment. No, and it's a fun movie, and like, but yes, I mean, but there, there are there are parts that you're like, hey, all right, you know what I mean? Sure, but it's a any good and, action movie has those beats, right? And and that audience experience is still a real thing. Yeah, like seeing seeing movies with a bunch of people again, you go to sporting events, it's similar. Like something happens, and the crowd gets you feel the crowd, like you feel the crowd move emotionally you know yeah it's a it's it's a it's a it's a it's it's something you can't replace it's something that you know yeah my daughter's trying to get me to go see dune i'm like in the theater i'm like it's free (laughs) the same day like or it's on a platform i'm paying for so i'm not going to take you to i'm not taking you to i can't quite get over the irony of let's go watch a movie where people just you know are wearing respirators (laughs) <laughs> like it's part of daily life it's like right right it's too it's too familiar now i don't give a shit about the sandworms it seems very familiar <laughs> very true so when i did try to come up with movies that i had cheered during or gotten emotional during this sort of a, a deus ex machina moment or a, a climax moment the only one i could come up with from memory was when aj shows up on the asteroid arm again <laughs> Damn glad to see you, boy. Exactly. <laughs> of course you would. Of course. I know. You would. I, of course I knew, that's. I knew you'd love it. Of course that's the one you would choose. 
hey, you know, I mean, Michael Bay, an emotional storyteller for sure. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, the, 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 those movies are made for that, though. I mean, an action movie is supposed to give you a cheer moment. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the Marvel people have figured this out to a science. They do it so much better than Star Wars people. The Star Wars people do, right? Then I think that's what it is, right? It's like every time I swear the Star Wars has one. Like, say when you realize Luke is an astral projection, that was a popular nominee on this list that I sent you. I actually felt that was dumb. <laughs> I also felt that way. And then when he dusted off his shoulder and be like, "Yeah," I'm like, "This is no bad. <laughs> this is bad. This is a bad movie. I'm stuck in a bad movie." The um. No, but the last trilogy did give us the Ray gets the lightsaber moment, which yeah. still makes my the hair on my arm stand up when when I that's come across when I found it. I mean, it's it's really great. I mean, that's that that's the that is the best moment from the whole the whole seven eight nine, as far as I'm concerned. The other one that I came up with when ET makes Elliot's bike fly. Yes. It's a very good one. That's a that's a that's an excellent moment. Yeah, and that stayed with me like my whole life. Yeah, this yeah. list that I sent you, uh huh, has some really interesting nominees. So uh-huh. here's a picture of uh, Marlon Brando shirtless in a, in a GIF. And it's a Streetcar Named Desire, and it's like <laughs> in a cinema with a large group of gay men watching this scene with Marlon Brando. <laughs> <laughs> that that would probably get some cheers. Yes, that's a, that's a good one. You know, I uh, I did look at it briefly and. Um, and and I did one caught my eye, which was uh, Ripley in Aliens, mm. the get away from her bitch, you bitch. Yes, and uh, and then fighting with the fighting with the construction, the uh, the construction exoskeleton. Yes, also very popular um, in a similar vein when uh, Eowyn unmasks herself to kill the Witch King it, because he says no man can kill me. Right. And then I am no man. Right. Very popular. Very. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not for you, huh? <laughs> I think Ailing just gets hosed badly in that whole movie. The treatment of the treatment, their treatment of her is terrible. She deserved much better. She could have been in the movie more. <laughs> she could have had like an actual story. You know, um, speaking of Star Wars, um, when I was a kid, Lando flying the Falcon out of the Death Star 2. Solid. As it's blowing up. That is a huge cheer moment for me because it, yeah, it's it's great. It's or amazing. when Han shows up during the first run, the first trench run. Yeah. When you yeah. think he bailed and he comes right. back. That's it. Those are the Millennium Falcon, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I get to see the cool spaceship, that's when I, I get cheered. Again, he, the Millennium Falcon is your favorite character. I don't know how many times he thinks it. Many times. I mark out for every Rocky movie. Okay. The, you know, there's that, there's the, you could just, you just know what's coming, right? The the whole Rocky's getting the shit kicked out of him. And then all, then he's going to find a way to not get, the shit, you know, find a way to like, not, he doesn't win all the time, but he finds a way to like do the Rocky thing. And it's amazing. And I, and I, and it gets me every time. I just love it. It only works for me in the later cornier movies. When I watch the original Rocky, I'm like, this is not a good fight. <laughs> no. He just gets beat to hell. But that's the that's the point of it. The point of it is he's he's a shitty fighter, right? 
I guess. I just it's not very interesting to watch, is it? The, choreography, the climax of the film. The choreo- the fight choreography go- comes a long way as he's as he gets old as 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 it moves forward. They they figure some stuff out how to make movie boxing a little more interesting. It's still not very good. <laughs> and it only works in like three and four because it's a cartoon at that point. Yeah. No, but yeah, when Mason the line Dixon breaks his hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I've seen that movie maybe twice, and I swear you it's bring awesome. it up like once every three months because <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite character name of all time. Um, Do you something... think like I really can? We probably talked about this before, but like I'm sorry, Antonio Tarver, you want to like work out for the movie <laughs> at all? You also always you've bring seen this up. a Rocky movie. You right? also you also bring this up every time I bring up this movie because I can't take it. It's one of the reasons I hate the movie. It's like. <laughs> He looks like uh, Damon Wayans in uh, The Great White Hype, like he's like, where he just doesn't train for the fight. <laughs> he does, actually. That's funny. The um, that's all I can think yeah, about. The uh, the the moment in the in Shazam where the the Shazam family happens is very good. I very I I get very I get very pumped up over that. I, I need to great... watch that movie again, and I don't know if it's like my unfamiliarity with the source material or what. But I don't know. I, I remember enjoying it, but also being like, the plot of this movie is very weird. It is. I mean, he's a boy. He's a little boy stuck in a Superman. In a, well, in that's a, fine. That part's Superman's cool. body. That, but basically, a, everything to do with Mark Strong is like the weirdest <laughs> in the, <laughs> throughout the whole movie. Mark Strong is always awesome all the time. He's, he, is, he's, he owns the, he's part of the uh, Aaron Eckhart, um, you know thing where whenever Aaron Eckhart shows up I'm like okay we're okay I mean this movie might be shitty but we're gonna it's it's gonna be okay okay Mark Strong is the same it's like if Mark Strong shows up I'm like oh okay we're okay I don't know man he's in some bad stuff <laughs> I know that's why but he's but when he shows <laughs> okay, up I got it, I got it. but he's good it's like got oh we're, it. we're we're in good it won't hands be the here. worst experience of your life right Right. Did you see that story? Not to sidebar, but did you see that story floating around where he said that he was supposed to be in one of the Pierce Brosnan Bond movies as a villain, and then he went out for a drink with Daniel Craig? Now, I don't know if this was like a bad aggregator story that didn't make any sense. He's supposed to be in one of the Craig Bond movies. So I was like, wait, why would he be part? I didn't dig into it. But he basically, long story short, he didn't get the part because he got hammered with Craig the night before his audition and couldn't remember any of his lines. <laughs> really? Yeah. That doesn't seem like that would cost him a... I don't know. That seems apocryphal. Well, I mean, I don't think he's, you know, famous enough to 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 he get it is, no matter though. what. He is, though. Now, maybe. <laughs> maybe. So there were some other really good ones that stood out to me here. Uh, this woman says, let me tell you something. Sexually repressed women in Provo, Utah went buck wild at this midnight release. And here we have a gif of Pattinson saying, I'm Edward Cullen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know for me there's there's also there's also the scene in john wick where he like jackhammers up his his garage and gets his shit out mm. yeah <laughs> yes it's like here we go Let's i like this yes I, people were very excited when uh when neo figured out the matrix when neo could see the matrix in the matrix yeah the, yeah, the me. I'm, I'm a little in, you know, you know, I don't know. I'm interested Wait. in what they're gonna do with the Matrix next, but I don't know. The Matrix is much better. 
I guess I guess it's I guess it's that yeah I guess it's that moment where he stops those bullets. Yeah, and then he does that little flex. Yeah, where like that where he where he bends <laughs> the, like the and then the reality all bends around him. Yeah. that's the moment. That's yeah. that's the moment. Uh, fair. I kind of think of all of that at the same time. But yeah, you're right. And I'm like a stupid sucker for like some goofy speech, like the Braveheart speech, mm. or like the Independence Day speech. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I just love that corny bullshit. It's just. I, I think I, I find that stuff to be very amazing. Right. Like, I'm Andrew Shepard, and I am the president. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. <laughs> Huge cheer, right? <laughs> right. right. Oh, amazing. All right. Let's go to segment number two. All right. In segment two, um, there's an account I follow that periodically just, like, posts dumb clickbait. Because, as we've talked about, producing the show <laughs> requires me to follow accounts that post dumb clickbait. Uh, it's almost always worthless. Um, but, you know, there's stuff like... Nine things every man should know about a woman's brain. Five <laughs> ways to know if you've met your soulmate. I, mean, I never use these articles, but they st- I still see them all the time. We should do five, five ways to know that you've met your soulmate. Like, oh, yeah. There's a whole bunch of stuff that like I've, I'm saving it for a rainy day. Like I have so many saved up. How, how rainy is it going to have to be for us to get to that? Maybe well, next week, maybe. <laughs> I might have to dig that one up. Nine signs that God exists. Okay. We've okay. done a couple in the past, but this one came up because um, I kind of agree with it. Yeah. They are posting basically uh, why or 10 reasons why C students are more successful at life. And I think that there's a kernel of truth to that. Um, but I, as I click in here, these arguments are bad. <laughs> <laughs> or, or are they? And so that's what I wanted to talk to you about. Like, it, right. cause this, right. We talked about the value of education a couple weeks ago, and this, this tied back into that thought for me. And I think I've been thinking about that a lot, especially like as I now have a child that's halfway into the age that she would need me to attend school, and what am I going to do about that financially? What's our plan? And, and so on and so forth. Anyway, so number one, they doubt the authority of the academic system. This says that these students don't buy into the production line approach. No. no. <laughs> I don't agree with that. The, w- that the woke a, underachiever. That is such a bullshit answer <laughs> that we've all given. Like anybody who's got a modicum of talent and decided they just wanted to underperform because they didn't give a shit said, I just don't value this. <laughs> Right. No, you're lazy. Let's right. be clear. And and so before we jump more into this, mm-hmm. I always school is a game like any other game that you can be good at or shitty at. Mm-hmm. And some people are really good at school, the game, and some people are not good at the game of school. And it and sometimes it it doesn't matter how smart you are. If mm-hmm. you're, you're just not good at the game of school. I get that. And but but with you know my kids are pretty good at the game of school and when mm-hmm. they're not good at the game of school it's just because they're fucking off <laughs> and that's the and that's the difference right that's the difference for me well the difference I can t- as far as I can tell in elementary school is that the the stories I get told is we got up to this ranking as a class today because of all the good work that we did like there's so much more gamification in the classroom that I can never remember right. there being well, like when I was a kid it was like fuck you do this work. Yeah. Or you're going to like get in trouble. <laughs> right. That was and, the system. And the system when I was in school was also you got this test and it had 20 questions on it and you got 19 of them right. Congratulations. Now it's like meets the standard, appro- you know, approaches the standard, exceeds the standard. What's the standard? 
You know what I mean? Like you don't want to. Don't want to it's all them. relative, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Then of course they have to take this big standardized test, and it's all this. Blah, blah, blah. It's like I don't know how many did you get right? Like, do they understand? Do the kids understand what you're teaching them? Right. But yeah, it's it's tough. Uh, I, I have a child that very much views homework as nothing but a barrier to being able to do what she wants for the evening. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm like, Same. she's like, I need help, and I'm like, I'll help you. But I need you to understand what we're doing. And it's just like I get she gets angry that I want to like <laughs> go over the concepts. <laughs> She's like, no, just tell me how. I'm like, that's not how this no. is ever going to work. So no. just get over that anyway. Yeah. And so that's and so when I was a kid, the I realized that one of the keys to my personal freedom was to bring home really good grades. That's the that that's what it is. And my <clears throat> relatively authoritarian father left mm-hmm. me the hell alone whenever I showed him all A's on a report card. So that was enough reason for me. Yeah. And I've, and I've made that, that message pretty clear <laughs> already. Good. Like, if you want to do what you want to do, then I need you to do the things that I want you to do. Yeah. Get A's and I'll leave you alone. And as a matter of fact, I'll even give you money. <laughs> Real. There mm-hmm. you have it. It's like, if you perform, I know you may not like this, but if yeah. you perform, I'll pay yeah. you. Yeah. But this whole, but this whole business about this whole business about, they doubt the authority, of the academic <laughs> system, save it. They are aware of the system's numerous defects. Moreover, they are aware that learning can happen in ways other than what the system provides, and it is possible to learn outside the system. Yeah, then why do you go to? Why do we make kids go to school then? Uh, common understanding. It's not working, by the way. I'm not sure if you're paying attention. <laughs> All right, next we have. They don't want to follow the same old rules. The C students have a mind of their own. They don't follow any laid down rules without first inquiring as to why those rules exist. And maybe that's how it is now, and I just don't remember. Because I am, I was an A student, and I am this way. But still, (laughs) I mean, I had back and forth with employers where I'm like, I'm not just going to take orders. This isn't the military. You hired me because I know about these machines that we're running here. And you're making a decision I don't agree with, and I'm going to tell you why. And I'm going to tell you that that's the case. And I'm going to need you to tell me why I have to do this, because I think it's a bad call. That's, I mean, and that's the, that's, and that is a, a very reasonable way to be. And, but this whole, they don't want to follow the same old, I don't want to follow the same old rules as you, old man. And people have been saying this forever. Right. And you know what? You don't, kids have much more, many more options nowadays, too. I mean, I know a number of kids around here who go to uh, Running Start, which mm. essentially they start junior college, they just go to junior college for their, their, part of their junior and their senior year of high school yeah. and just you know and it's like if you don't want to do that if you don't want to do high school you just go to running start and do that and just go get just start your college degree right now i think all the time so as a seventh or eighth grader an eighth grader i think um i took the psats right we all took the psats mm-hmm. and yeah my daughter I was... just took them I was offered an opportunity to enter into a program that would have allowed me to skip high school altogether. That I could have gone directly to the University of Washington instead of ninth grade. And I ultimately chose not to because I felt like it was going to make my life weird. You could have been Doogie Hauser. I wonder all the time <laughs> about what, how differently it would have been. Because this was back when I still bought in, right? Like, right. Yeah. I, yeah. Then I got to college and I was like, oh, man. This is pointless. I just need to get done with this as fast as possible. <laughs> By the way, the person who wrote this thing said, they zip when others zap. What does that mean? I don't know. 
That's a bot. <laughs> I'm pretty sure most of this is written by a robot. <laughs> Number three, they are not trying to pre- please and impress their teachers. The well, C students don't waste their time and energy making attempts to satisfy or amaze their teachers. They respect them, but they don't take everything everything they say as gospel. Well, you better start learning to please and impress your manager, <laughs> or you'll be, or you'll be out of a job, pal. I saw a take today that said like the worst thing that Google ever did, the worst thing that Google does to the world is take twenty two year old, um, like talented twenty two year olds, and turn them into like soulless careerists instead of like entrepreneurs that would be challenging Google. And while that has a kernel of truth in it, it's like, no, no, no. The thing that does that is not letting those people have any way to take a risk without, you know, ruining their lives. <laughs> right. Make some money, then take a risk. Yeah. And then the problem is that you have to make sure you don't progress your life to where you need the money for your life. Right. Like you have to make the money, but also stay static in your like social, like social life. You can't like, <laughs> you can't make money and then get married and have kids. And then expect like you're going to somehow have money to go start a business. <laughs> right. That's not how it's going to work. No. I don't know. I mean, people seem people who innovate seem driven to innovate. And so I don't think they need any excuses. I think that's just a shitty excuse. All right. Number four, they have more pressing issues to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> like making out later with somebody. If you're fixated on your academic grades, you're not considering your future properly. <sighs> If you're interested in if you're interested in playing the game of school really well, you'll you'll get good grades. You don't think it's because because the students who are committing huge amounts of energy into an essay, the C students are in fact seeking it, uh, after it says seeking after their fantasies. I think this is the <laughs> robot is drunk. <laughs> I was seeking after my fantasies in high school. They don't want to wait until after education to begin living. <laughs> This just sounds like slackers. I know these people. Yeah, they I smoke cigarettes people. and like didn't right. go to class. This is not. This is not. This is nothing new. This is no <laughs> excuse that some kid who did who drank you know a handful of beers said, "God, I don't need school. Oh, see, it's I'm good enough." Right, Tim Riggins. He realized that security can only be experienced on the inside and understand understood himself. <laughs> no external benchmark of achievement will ever measure up to. Their own specific understanding and acknowledgement. This is just... This is just... It's giving is, them a lot of credit. This is giving them way too much credit. Like, there, here's... Here's an idea that... Here's an example of, like, somebody like Bill Gates who go, who decides, I don't want to go to college. Mm. I have this idea for this software thing. I'm just going to do that. Now, that's somebody who... Right. <laughs> That that is the most of this reads like ah oh, I'm not I don't want to really work hard at school, <laughs> but I'm smarter than that. So I want you to understand that I'm really really smart, uh, but I don't need to be good at school because I'm lazy. <laughs> to me, it always just felt like it was going to be easier just to swim inside the swim lanes and get through it and. Yeah, no, I mean, if really, I liked high school, and I and I and I and I, I did enough to to achieve the things I wanted to, and that was, um, you know, you know, to get good enough grades and be in all the sort of academic honors things and all those the you know, all the things that I valued. But I didn't work so hard, like, you know, I didn't need 
A pluses across the board. I mean, I was like, I had other things I wanted to do. Like I wanted to play in, in my band and I wanted to play sports and I mm-hmm. wanted to do other things. And school was school. I had to make a certain, I had to perform at a certain level at school and I performed at the exact level I needed to, to make sure it was covered off so I could do all the other things I wanted to do. Correct. Like I, I, yeah, I remember, I think it was my junior year, maybe part of my sophomore year where it's like, exactly how many points do I need to make sure I get a B in this class so that I get on honor roll? Right. Like, I just need to make sure that I make it. Like, I don't want to have to have a conversation where I suddenly didn't make that. Right. I didn't need an A plus. No. You know, I needed a, I needed to get a 89, 92. Well, I mean, I think that, I think at the time to get a three, five GPA, you needed to maintain a three, five for every quarter. You needed like three A's and three B's. And I was like, oh, yeah. that's the minimum. Now college was a different story. I did not get good grades in college. I eventually got good <laughs> grades in college. It just took me a while to figure it out. I got, I got. I'm. I have the most okayest, the world's okayest college grades. One hundred percent. I was uh, just driving toward graduation and not super right. concerned about grades in college. Just give me that degree and I'm out. I think we've Thank talked you. before about the fact that I like. I nearly like got ejected from college after my first semester or my first quarter because they were like, "What in the hell are these grades?" Zero. Like, Nobody told zero. me about how this was going to work. Zero. <laughs> I wanted to touch on this before we move on. The last thing I want. The last one I want to mention is. Uh, so the C students don't try and be perfectionists. And then it starts with a quote from Reed Hoffman, the founder of Netflix. <laughs> okay. Right. If you're not embarrassed by the first version of your product, you've launched too late. And then it says the C students comprehend and live by this code. They concentrate <laughs> on the outcomes and completing stuff. They realize that precision causes procrastination. <laughs> it's so absurd. What? Yeah. This is, so, this, is <laughs> this was written by a C student, by the way. This is the reason such a large number of accomplished industrialists struggled in school. They are aware that failure can actually be the best teacher of all. I think there's a number of things that it's not, that's not it at all. The, the smart people I know that struggled in school is because they were bored. Right. Like so bored that they couldn't even force themselves to do the work. Yeah. 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 And I, you know, I just. I just, I just didn't want to be hassled. <laughs> just that my, my absolutely got good grades because I didn't want to be hassled. Yeah. I'd yeah. rather read comic books and, you know, go to the movies. That's why I didn't do as well as I could have done at school. It's excuses, Chris. Let's go to segment number three. All right, in segment three, um, I have this sort of pet theory. And it always uh, comes back to my mind this time of year because I spend some time in at, this, at the university's football stadium in the club section. And so I get exposed to a different sort of person. I don't really, well, I don't get exposed to anybody because again, I have lived the house in years. <laughs> um, other than to go to like the golf course. But I noticed that there is a, and this is something I think you probably agree with me on is that the, the more privileged your life, the less cool you are when some shit goes awry. <laughs> right? Like you tend to freak the fuck out. Now, I'm not saying this is a universal truth, mm-hmm. but I think that I run into it often enough in this kind of scenario, mm-hmm. especially when intoxicants are involved and there's a customer service aspect to everything. Sure, sure. And it's made me start to think that that you are – if the more means you have, the less functional you are at, ha- at handling emergent complex problems – because the means protect you from having to deal with the complex problems. 
right? Like in general, mm-hmm. you have the resources to not have to troubleshoot life. Right. Yeah. Like, like in the case where, yeah, if something happens, you can just pay to have it fixed. More or less. Dealt yes. with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you don't have to learn. You don't have to learn how to use hand tools. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I get that. No, I, I understand that. And uh, and to your point, yeah, I mean, there are certain there are certain there are reasons people pay extra money to be seated in the club level of that stadium because it's easier to get to the bar. It's nicer, mm-hmm. and you don't have to. De- you shouldn't have to deal with quote unquote the riffraff. A little bit. There's plenty of riffraff in the club section. It's a football game. I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That, so they shouldn't be surprised that there's some riffraff or a, a, a decent amount of riffraff in there because it is a college football game. Mm-hmm. However, they have paid money to try to avoid dealing with the riffraff. Sometimes I'm the riffraff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this last weekend, I went and tailgated for the first time in a while. So I had like some lubrication. Before huh. we got in, so you were the riffraff, a little bit, yeah. But I mean, I'm you know I'm never like the riffraff, the riffraff, mm-hmm. not generally. But yeah. what I did do was they introduced the team, and I'm I'm very unhappy with the performance of of my alma mater's football team this season. Sure, they introduced the yeah, team, and then they intru- fucking terrible, buddy. It's tough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they introduced the coach, and I said to the, when they introduced the coach, I I screamed a loud boo. And people in my general vicinity turned around and they were yeah. not necessarily pleased by my right. loud boo. I hear what you're saying. But but I yeah. explained to them very loudly. I said, I'm sorry. I don't want it to be boo. But until I see something different, <laughs> it's, it's fucking boo. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Fair. Now, to your point also, there is the um, there's the people who have sort of earned their living and then got rich, mm. which I think are, those people are much more capable than the people who are born rich. Because, mm. you know, that level of entitlement, that level of, you know, is... And I'm somewhere in between there. Mm. <laughs> I live in... You know, I didn't live a particularly hard scrabble upbringing. I mean, let's be clear. I mean, I, you know, I grew up pretty soft. And... Mm-hmm. and, and I have had to sort of backtrack to learn to do some things on my own, but there's some things I just can't slash won't do and have no interest in doing. Like say working on a car. Mm-hmm. Like I, I have no fucking interest in working on a car. I did when I was younger because it was like, I wanted, I, I needed a car and I needed to be able to, to buy a car that I probably needed to be able to fix. Mm-hmm. See, so. I'd never had that problem. <laughs> so Good for a, you. Right. Exactly. And just to your point. <laughs> exactly. To your point. To exactly. your point that I just I just skip over that much. It's like a car is like a thing. Like it's like, you know, when it wears out, you get a new one. That's kind of a I mean, I'm not here to fix my car. I don't really, you know, I'm not I'm not attached to it that way. I think the irony though is that it's the the nature of a capitalist society to simultaneously make life progressively more complex while also making it simpler and stay with me on this for a second. Mm-hmm. If you think that every entrepreneur is setting out to build a, a better mousetrap, whatever mm-hmm. that mousetrap by its very nature is better due to some level of complexity, 
whether that complexity occurs in the design phase and is invisible to us as a consumer, that is, um, you know, we, we don't know. And I sent you this article that talked about this idea that the total complexity of a system is constant. That if you make a user's interaction with the system simpler, the complexity behind the scenes increases. Because one of the ideas I had for the segment when, we were, when I was thinking about this was, well, you know, why can't life be simpler? I think nostalgically all the time for like, man, I feel like I have to keep track of so much shit. Like every, every year I feel like there's more shit to keep track of, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I always want I, I, I sometimes nostalgic for a simpler life, especially one where work wasn't expected to get done at all hours and at whatever on insane deadlines just because it's possible. And it was like, if you were at work, you were at work and maybe you took some work home, but it was essentially had a telephone mm-hmm. and that you couldn't be reached, couldn't be reached. That was just it. Right. <laughs> right. And then it led me to this other idea about whether or not you could handle complexity. But I also think we're sort of making the world harder to live in because of the nature of how we've organized our society, because every entrepreneur is like, I need to solve somebody's problem. And that may be a simple problem, but they add complexity to the problem such that if you have a device that now does something for you in the kitchen mm-hmm. and you never learn to do it the manual way, the device breaks, so you are helpless. Yeah. That's the, I mean, yeah, because it's, people are taking care of the black box, right? We have, we have inputs, we have outputs. Right. And whatever happens in between, that's what people are handling. That's what, that's what, you know, that's the nature of, but, you know, this, this whole idea of like a simpler, a simpler life, you know? You know, when you grow up in a small town where life is pretty pretty simple, all you mm-hmm. can think of is how do I get to the city? <laughs> how do I get? How do I not be here? How can I not be here? I mean, we tend to romanticize that piece, but but you're right about the complexity piece. I think that 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 it's um, that it's it's a focus of our society to make things quote unquote simple, which is to say that that like. I want to go to the store and pick up a steak. Mm-hmm. I do not want to raise a cow. Mm-hmm. I do not want to. I don't want to be a rancher. I mean, the, the what happens from there all the way back? Like, I don't want to see it. Right. And I don't. And am I? Do I not care about it? I guess. I guess I'm not particularly concerned about it because I can go to the store and get the products I want. And I think that society has done a pretty good job of making me a consumer. And I'd like to think that maybe I could think beyond that, but that's what society that's what a capitalist society does. It looks at everybody as a consumer. And it doesn't really matter to the world in a capitalist society, other than the fact that you need to get goods <laughs> in, at, at a low price. Mm-hmm, that's it. Mm-hmm. Like most people don't give a rat's ass. Like, you know, it's like, you know, it's like I want to be able to go to this Walmart. I want to be able to get this thing, and it needs to be suitably cheap, right? And and I don't care what happens, what right. what goes on. I don't I don't want to be concerned with the complexity of it. I don't want to know how it comes, you know. And that's and that's the and that's the and that's the that's the big complaint. Right. Like at some point, you have to get beyond that because because certainly in the United States, everyone's treated that way. Everyone is a everyone is. Everyone is revenue. Yeah. And if the government's not going to step in to sort of control it in a way that's like, hey, you know what? The people are not going to manage this themselves. We let companies like BP roll out a, hey, have you thought about your climate footprint 30 years ago and make it our problem? Right. 
Well, the other thing is when the government starts looking at you as revenue, oh, yeah. then you then you really got a fucking problem because the government should not be looking at us as revenue. <laughs> the government should be looking. We should be. You know, the government should be doing something else. Like I understand why corporations look at me as revenue. I get that. Mm-hmm. You know, and at some point, you know, as a consumer, you'll make decisions based on something other than cheap products. Right. You'll you'll peel back the onion and you'll say, okay, what's happening here? I don't like the way this company does this. I'm going to choose a different company based on something other than price. Right. Right. And so that is that is our I don't know. That might be the more thoughtful side of, you know, capitalism. You know, you want to support. But 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 you're right about complexity. I mean, things can't get simpler. Things can't. It's it's. It's impossible because, because you're right. It's a, it's the, the, the complexity of the system is a constant. Right. It's not. The actions the, are required to be performed at some level by someone. Right. We get more efficient. We mm-hmm. get better at things. Right. But to, to, to make an automobile is still this well, wildly complex, this wildly complex process. You and, can't make it, you can't make it less complex. And the inertia of, of constant growth, which is what's required in capitalist society, requires mm-hmm. constant refinement. And refinement is by necessity going to include complexity because you're adding functionality. And every time you add functionality, you have to add the button that functions. Mm-hmm. And so like if you think about an airplane cockpit, we, you and I go in there and it's like, oh my God, this is insane. How could you ever know how to do this? Yeah. And the reality is that even the pilots don't actually know it. Many of those buttons do. They have the manual in there, just like people using a computer. I know 60% exactly everything that works. And then this other, like, edge case stuff, <laughs> I'm going to have to look in the book. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And you, and then also the, the aspect of refinement is that you walk in and you're like, there's 400 buttons in here. And, and you know, Jim, the pilot, who's drunk and won't get a coronavirus shot, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, you think this is bad? Half this shit used to be levers. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And I didn't know what half of those fucking things were. Right. I just said, don't touch this. Right. Yeah. It's, it's fine. But that's, uh, you know, I mean, we're sitting here in front of, I'm sitting here in front of three screens. I've got two devices on my desk. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to you and we're being recorded on something. On a different the, computer somewhere else. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And we're talking to each other in the real time. I mean, the, the complexity of this system that we take completely for granted right. is wild. Right. It's and wild. it's because it's native to us, right? Yeah, because we don't think about it. Mm-hmm. They roll it out to us. And we turn it on. I, I tap the screen a few times and I talk to you. Mm-hmm. That's a, it's wildly complex. And My internet just, went down for the first time in like three years the other day. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, my God, I have to troubleshoot the network? <laughs> and then I called them, and we actually – I got a good person, and we mm-hmm. worked it out, and we found that there's actually a, a power issue with the, the battery backup to the thing that actually powers the, the endpoint. Yeah. What? Not the router, the endpoint. Mm-hmm. The term, the termination point. Yeah. <laughs> See? Right? Yeah. It's just one of these things where it's like we just don't want to like, – TV is another one of those things where we just turn it on. Mm-hmm. And people, and there are things on it. <laughs> Wildly complex. Right. A lot of stuff happened to make that happen. Right. Right. But that, and, and again, what happens is when people lose sight of that, 
that's when they get that entitlement. That's what that's where that sort of that's where that sort of entitlement comes from. Like when people are like, "Why doesn't shit just work?" Yeah, it's like, ugh. Obviously, you don't get it. <laughs> no, let me tell you about the time I built a media PC for my house twenty years ago, so that I could try to watch the TV without cable. Yeah, <laughs> that didn't go well. It worked. It wasn't good. <laughs> it wasn't good. But it was a DVR, and that was the thing. It was a DVR before the DVR was a thing. Yeah, and that's what was good about it. All right. Well, that's. Uh, I appreciate you half unpacking that complex issue was, with me. It was complex. It's it remains complex, um, but that's it for our regular segment. So you know what part of the show this is. Are you stupid or something? Are you crazy? Or just plain stupid? Are you stupid or something? Stupid is stupid does, sir. It's the stupidest things ever said. Bats are smart. They use radar. Right. <laughs> so smart. <laughs> I think all the time about that old Jerry Seinfeld bit when he talks about meeting the uh, the naval atomic submarine captain who was like a doctor had a doctor like doctorate and stuff and he's like I can't I, this guy's smarter than I'll ever be and I can't help I can't get over the fact that he sounds like an idiot talking about nuclear power. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. At twenty nine thousand feet, Mal, oh, sorry, this is a question. Sorry, student answer on an exam about a book the book Into Thin Air. At 29,000 feet, Mount Everest is approximately as tall as what? The answer was the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> well, if the Eiffel Tower was 300 feet below the top of... <laughs> the correct answer was the cruising altitude of a jet. <laughs> the Eiffel Tower. Here's... Okay. This, I, this is... I can't even present this one probably. So there's, this says, I will build the best sandcastle in the galaxy. But it's only funny when I tell you that it was from closed captioning during a Swedish parliament debate. As Minister of Education Jan Bjorklund was speaking, the station accidentally put the closed captioning from a children's TV show on instead. So they showed government and then there was closed captioning from a children's TV show. I didn't, even know you could, I didn't even know you could do that. Switch them? <laughs> yeah. Or build sandcastles in the galaxy. <laughs> Be either. Here's broadcaster John Foster. Imagine a round table with King Arthur sitting at one end. That's, that's pretty dumb. Pretty dumb. During a courtroom testimony for a civil suit in Omaha, Nebraska. Defense attorney. I object, Your Honor. The plaintiff's attorney's questioning is immaterial and irrelevant. Sustained. The plaintiff's attorney. Oh, well, it didn't matter anyway. Here's a weather forecaster in the California Nightly News. A slight chance of some partici- participation? Participation per... per It's rain. It's going to rain. <laughs> Just the fact that some TV weather reader couldn't say precipitation is funny. I had a, a moment at the dinner table trying to teach a seven-year-old to say specific. Mm, how, do, how, was, how was the seven-year-old saying it? Pacific. Pacific. Of course. And I said right. specific. And she's Yeah, like, right. Pacific. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, no. And she's like, well, I don't care. I'm like, I do. You sound like an idiot. Now go back to eating your paschetti. 
we worked on it for a while. <laughs> I'm sure she loved it. She it was funny because she was laughing. I wasn't like being an asshole about it. I was doing that for dramatic effect. <laughs> and then I said, "How about specificity?" <laughs> Specificity. <laughs> on a job application at a soup canning company person to be notified in case of an accident anybody in sight <laughs> that seems fine just find the nearest person that that's you should write on that emergency Next time I contact 911 just find <laughs> find the nearest person and have them help me there doesn't have to be like somebody i care about no just someone who's willing. Find the first willing person to help me and have them do it. And finally, tech support. Oh, God. Okay, now type your password and press enter. Oh, no. Customer. Well, I typed it, but it says password incorrect. Please read out what you typed. Sure. Capital A, F, 5, 7, capital M, 7, P, R, E, S, S, E, N, T, E, R. <laughs> Amelia Bedelia. Everybody. He didn't. The person didn't type and, though. Just You should have. <laughs> M7-A-N-D-P-R-E-S-S-E-N-T. Then press the enter button. God. Literal. Then press any key. The yeah. system was too complex. <laughs> it was too complex. Let's go to the overtime. Overtime. In the overtime, it's nearly Halloween. It's uh, spooky season, as people... Apparently call it now. I don't know. Really? What? What? Spooky season. We can't call it Halloween anymore? Well, it, no. I mean, that's that's the actual ho- uh, holiday. But it's the spooky season. You know, I mean, it's the holiday okay. season, right? Oh. We, we need want to have more Halloween than just the day itself. All right. We want to well, watch. We need to promote movies. Mm, we need to right. release special types of candy. Yes. People need to buy costumes and decorations and stuff. You need to tie down your inflatables with your newly learned slipknot techniques. <laughs> right. So this was from Nextdoor. You're familiar with Nextdoor? We've talked about it, I believe, about it before. I love me some Nextdoor. All right. Nextdoor it's is the, a it's, place. It, it's a horrible place. And if, if you're into lo- if you're if you're participating in local politics like I do, it is <laughs> it is wild. I can't believe people just post this shit on there. It's wild. My wife signed up for it when we moved out here, and then she's like, "You should get on it too." And I think I was on it for about six months, and I was like, "I've never. I'm, I, I'm, this is not for me." You tell me if there's anything I need to see. So bad. <laughs> All right. So this is from a post in Rancho Cucamonga. Rancho Cucamonga. Go Toros. <laughs> Halloween is officially four weeks away. And I was hoping to catch you all before you make your candy selections. Over the last three Halloweens, I've noticed candy stock has become more and more diluted with cheap candy. I don't know if this trend is the result of the higher bills or even the new constructions. Interesting phrasing. Mm -hmm. But cheap candy has somehow infiltrated our community for Halloween and it has to stop. (laughs) Dum Dums. Infiltrated. (laughs) Infiltrated. It's an infestation. This is the language of the privileged. Dum Dums, Smarties, and Jolly Ranchers may be suitable for Ontario, Fontana, and even Montclair, but not here in Rancho Cucamonga. <laughs> we are an affluent neighborhood, and this status should be reflected in our candy provisions for Halloween. Standard, full, or king-size candy, candy is the bar, pun intended, we set for our community on Halloween. If you purchase the fun size, you don't need to return them. Just keep in mind that four to six of those fun size bars equate to a standard size bar when you dole out that candy to trick-or-treaters. 
And please, for God's sake, leave those peep candies alone. No one, and I mean no one, wants those terrible marshmallow tragedies. For the elderly who hand out coins, unless you plan on throwing some quarters into the mix, stop peddling your pennies and step up your game this Halloween. It's a calculated loss to the trick-or-treaters after you adjust for inflation and the opportunity cost of what they could have received elsewhere if they had just skipped your house. (laughs) This person sounds like really like a fun person to hang out with. So immediately the theory is floated though. Is this, is this real? Is it just somebody trolling or is this a smart kid kid who's like, I'm going to, I'm going to tee things up for the end of the month here. I'm going to log in under my parents' account. They left it open. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna no because it's I'm gonna worded, write a screed. No, no kid, no kid would write this screed is too well put together. It's it's not. It's definitely not a kid. It's definitely somebody, and and I'm, I'm I would if I was a betting man, I would bet you money that it is absolutely real and serious. I, I mean, just the tone of it. Just the tone of it. It doesn't. It just. It just feels like someone who's just like is tired of all the new construction and all you people moving into his neighborhood or her neighborhood. Uh, this is like dude. It seems like a dude wrote this. And I'm just like, yeah, just king full size king size candy bars. Like there there's some there's some people in this neighborhood who give out full size. God bless them. Yeah. I mean, I honestly should buy full size candy bars, but no one comes to my house, so Right. We don't. I just, I just, I just, I just be eating it myself. Just buy the multi pack exactly. of candy. Just buy the multi pack. Yes. And then we give the kids just a ton because uh, get it out. Yeah. Here, here's a big handful. Here's a big scoop handful. Yeah. Yeah. Bablam. Yeah. Yeah. I just <laughs> the the fact that this person's like we as a community are better than this. Dum dums, smarties, and jolly ranchers may be suitable for Ontario, Montana, and even Montclair. Yeah, if I was if, if, I, those people who live there, are probably like, what are you talking? What are you talking about, Jack? This is so good. <laughs> so the last thing I was going to mention about this is one of the first replies is if this person buses in a bunch of children from poorer neighborhoods into Rancho, they'll be the greatest hero in Halloween history, and will also be able to buy a, build a fiercely loyal private army in ten to fifteen years. <laughs> I'm looking where Rancho Cucamonga is. Oh yeah, yeah, I see. Oh, I understand why they they think they're 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 fancy. So oh, you know what I mean? I, yeah, it's. <laughs> I don't know. Do, does it feel like like Halloween is? I don't know. Halloween doesn't seem as. My kids are sort of outgrowing it at this point, mm, uh-huh. so you know I'm not as not as hype. That's temporary, by the way. What's that? How that your kids outgrow Halloween? Yeah, they'll come back to it. Well, it, it takes on a whole different life once you can like <laughs> drink alcohol. I know. Yeah. Me and my buddy Simon were the kings of Halloween. Are you kidding me? We had the best party for years and years. But the there's uh, a whole thing about putting on a disguise and acting out <laughs> in a young, in young adults. Yeah, it's it's a real thing. It is. I don't know. Where yeah, people, okay. Down. Well, you know, okay. I'm going to I'm you know, now that I think about it, I'm I'm with this guy. Come on, people of Rancho Cucamonga, step up. Quit fucking around. <laughs> just let's get this let's get this right. Let's get it right. I guess. I just the whole thing about we are affluent and we need to be pre- representing like just it's disgusting. 
But yeah, just don't give out shitty candy in general. I like dum-dums. I want some dum-dums. I'm disappointed there's no dum-dums. Yeah? Because I can eat like, you know, three or four of them. <laughs> I don't want to sit there with one flavor of lollipop for 45 minutes. Give me four different lollipops. Right. All right. Well, that's our show. Our thanks for being par- our thanks to all of you for listening to the Two on Three Pod. And I appreciate you being patient with me last week when I was out of commission. I don't know if it was partially because I haven't been sick for years. You know what? Actually, getting a cold. I got a cold a couple weeks ago. I felt like it was a good thing. I don't know. I didn't. I again, again. If the cold virus is available, no. I'm just saying, get the get the cold virus. Get your immune system cranking up again. You'll be you're, you're better off, perhaps. Anyway, thanks for listening to the show. We both, were, you know, we, we, what do we do here? We uh, we try to fit both your brains and ours with bespoke new ideas. In particular, I think in this episode, when I have some some when I spend a lot of time like not going anywhere like at all or doing anything functional. Like I, I sent some dumb Slack messages last week, and I was like, "Man, my brain is not functioning properly. I'm just going to log off." <laughs> Subscribe, review, tell your friends and your enemies, and meet us here next week for more pop culture, life strategies, and existentialism. But until then, peace.